the idea of if we're going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you have those divisions, well, then we've got to look at, back at a, a key thought that has to be part of our understanding, and that is this. Salvation actually starts with division. Salvation starts with division. In other words, if I go to the altar and I give my heart to the Lord, I'm saved. Okay, I agree with that. That's a the giving our heart to the Lord aspect. That that is a salvation. But then there's also salvation in its core thought is a dividing from something else, isn't it? So salvation itself is a division, good and evil. Right away, you're dividing something. When I begin to look at what God did in the beginning, and I begin to order out what God did and actually how he even started all of creation, you'll go through the first chapter of Genesis and you're going to notice something. Every single day is a division. And not only does he divide, he is ordering out for us how we're supposed to think about the earth. For example, if God created heaven and earth, well, heaven from earth, there's your first division. Also, he created days. And you'll see that there were seven days in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Well, if you start going through each day, you're going to notice something. In day one, he created light from darkness. So there's your division there. In day two, he took the waters. Everything was waters. So he took waters and he separated the waters and formed a space in between. The, the King James says firmament, firm, expanse. It's like an expanse. And he divided the waters and he called this expanse space, he called it heaven. And he said, there's waters above heaven and there's waters below heaven. And that was day two. On day three, he took those waters below the heavens and he said, let me let land come up. And so he divided land from sea. So now you have this heaven and you have this earth, you have land and sea and he said, well, now that we have that, let's make lights on day four and put a sun in the heaven for daytime and a moon for nighttime. So he divided the lights of day and night, stars and so forth. And then in day five, he said, well, let's take this land and this uh, sea and let's create sea creatures and then let's create birds and fowl of the air and so forth, flying things. So you have sea creatures divided from air creatures, heavenly creatures, so to speak. And then on day six, he took in the land, he took and divided land creatures, beast from man. And there you have all six days are full of division. Now, let me ask you a question why I said that. Because if we, we don't have to stop there. We could say, well, how did he divide man? We divided man by bringing forth a woman out of man. And now you've got male and female as another division. Why would he do that? Well, then from male and female come sons and daughters. 
and more sons and daughters and more sons and daughters. And God is all about dividing, John, dividing. But why? Why? Because notice something about division. Division is meant to make known everything. So when God created all things, you know what he had in his mind? I'm going to reveal everything. Instead of just making it one, I'm going to divide it all up. And then in salvation, I am going to gather it all back together and make it one again. Brand new. So think about God forming Adam, because now we have to deal with the people, right? The people are the key to everything. The, in the people is the heart of the story. So you, the story includes everything we just mentioned. But in the people is where the story is really told. And so if you look at Adam, how many know that when Adam was in the garden, he was safe, but he was not saved? Did you ever think of that? He was safe, but he wasn't saved. Why do you think that is? Why wasn't Adam saved? Because Adam didn't know anything about evil yet. So what was there to be saved from? He was always under God's banner and God's protection. So he was safe. Safe in the arms of the Lord, so to speak. Safe under the covering of the Almighty. Safe in the space that God created for him. Until a serpent came in. And all of a sudden, then you have where a serpent speaks up. And now what begins to happen to Adam? Something, another division begins to take place. A division of good and evil. And once that division starts taking place, what does Adam now find himself needing? He was safe, but now he needs salvation. And so once division starts happening for you, what do you think God is wanting to do? See, God don't give division just to give division because the scripture says, uh, Bruce, pull up Matthew 12, 25. This is the words of Jesus who is saying this, okay? Got it? Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How, how shall then his kingdom stand? Now what he's saying there is they're accusing Jesus of casting out devils by a devil. And Jesus is saying, look, God made division so that something would fall. It wouldn't stand. When God began to cause division to take place, he had one thing in mind. You know what it was? It's going to sound strange. He had a fall in mind. Now think about it. How many people have given credit to the fall of Adam to the devil? Haven't we? You know, because the devil spoke to Eve and Eve got deceived 
Well, let me ask you a question. Whose story is this? Do you think a serpent is big enough and bad enough and evil enough to sneak into God's story and change it out of God's way, out of what God is doing? You think the devil is big enough to upset God's plans? Well, we've been taught he was, but he's not. He's not. And what I'm saying is, is it possible that God already knew when he introduced the serpent to Adam and Eve that a fall was coming? So knowing this, what do you think he prepared Adam? What do you think he prepared? An earth that was fully divided so he could teach Adam, the son of God, every single thing he needed to get saved. Now, I think that's phenomenal because that tells me this is not the story that Satan threw a wrench in. This is a story that God himself said, I will oversee even the work of sin and death. I'm going to oversee it. We say, well, hmm, God let it happen. Well, there's this little thing called will. That if I was to ask you, how many of you love having a will to where you could choose good or evil? How many of you love it? I want to see your hand. Do you love having a will? Or do you want to be told what you have to do 24-7 and made to do it? How many of you want that? You don't, do you? So back to the question. How many of you love having a will and a choice? God made us that way. So what if he had made Adam with no will? In other words, no choice. What if he had told Adam, you're mine and you're going to do everything I say and you're never going to experience evil. He could have done that. But then where would love be? Where would choice and loving God be? See, you're not thrown into a house and made a slave and then told you need to love me. And then when you do your acts of obedience, then I go, oh, they love me. Is that how God thinks? No. So he didn't throw people into a world and say, well, I'm not giving you a will. You're just going to do what I say. And then I'm going to sit up here going, I am loved. No, God looks for the heart that says, you gave me a choice to pick good or evil. And I love you, God. I love you. And when I am given the choice, yeah, at first I was deceived, Micah. I was deceived at first. I chose the words of the serpent because I didn't understand that serpent. I didn't know what he could do to me. I didn't know that I was naked and ashamed and afraid. And I didn't know that when I ate of this tree and I disobeyed God, I didn't know that would put me in fear. But thank you, God, because now I've learned that division helped me understand light and darkness, good and evil. Wow. Hate and love. That's awesome. And God had division in mind and he said i'm going to teach my people salvation so he divided everything out 
Now, does he want to do that with soul and spirit? Does he want to do that with love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? He does. And so my point here in saying all of this is, what if we are able to, on our journey of, of our walk with God, we're able for, to be in a place where God speaks to us and he himself not only divides himself so that we can understand him, he divides Satan, evil, all of that so we can understand that. How awesome is that? Let's take God first. And I've mentioned this before, but God says, okay, I'm spirit. Well, what is that? Explain that, Julie. Explain a spirit that you can't see. Anybody here want to take a shot at it? And don't use the Bible. You just know what you know. It's, you can't. We needed help to explain the spirit. So what did he give us? Jesus is a good one. So he gave us these images to help us understand. So now, if I was to ask you somebody to explain righteousness or to explain unrighteousness, do you know how God explains it? He says, I'll tell you what, I'll give you a man named Abraham and I'll explain righteousness. How are you going to do that? Watch him. Watch what he does. I'll give you a man named Enoch. Watch him. Watch what he does. I'll give you a man named David. And then I'll show you both righteousness and unrighteousness. Same with Abraham. Same with all the characters. But the point is, how does he show it to us? By images. So when he created heaven and earth, what did he do? He gave us images. And then he began to teach us good and evil. So how do you know, Paula, you're doing good or evil? By the fruits of it? Well, let me ask it a different way. How do you know you are good or evil? How do you know? Okay, God will have to show you that's true. Okay, John, how do you know Paul is good or evil? You know? And, and, and I'm... I know she's <laughs> you do, huh? So, uh, how do you know Micah's good or evil? By his manifestation. So, not only that, what if he's a hypocrite? What if he puts on the face in front of you? What What if? What if he comes to church, stands up here and talks like he knows God, but then lives like the devil come tomorrow? Well, if he lives like the devil, he ain't waiting until tomorrow. It's, <laughs> he's starting Sunday night. <laughs> we can still go, man. Would you have to get to know him? What if God didn't come down and say, okay, Micah is good or evil? Would you have to get to know him to learn his words, to learn his intentions? I'll tell you what, there's no better way to get to learn the intentions of a person than to get to know them real good. And then you learn their thoughts, you learn their words, you learn their actions, and you learn if they're fake or not, don't you? You just like get, you know, you start dating somebody, 
And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, man, everything's just the greatest person in the world. And then they move in together. Well, I didn't know this. But you get to know a person and you get to discern them. So what does getting to know God require? Is it possibly that you get to know every part of God? So does God put all his parts out there and then let you find each one? Righteousness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. Calls them fruits. Sometimes he calls them gifts of the spirits. Basically, God divided himself up so we could learn. But did you read this scripture we just read? A house divided against itself will not stand. So what does God have in mind? He knows that if his, if his word stays divided, that a person cannot stand. His kingdom will not stand. So what's he want to do? He wants to take and say, Micah, if God reveals a word of righteousness to you, and he reveals a word of um, faith to Julie, well, you can look at that example in our physical life because that does happen. Sometimes, Marvin, you may get an understanding on grace. Well, Paula, you may not have that yet. Would it be good that Micah, Julie, and Marvin, and Paula get together and talk about these things? What's happening? You're gathering all the parts together so that your faith could be shared with his righteousness and his righteousness could be shared with your grace. If something lacks, what do they need? They need someone that doesn't lack to bring that over. And that's what happens. It's called sharing half of your pizza. which Micah has done with me a lot, and I am thankful for that. We've eaten lots of pizza, trust me. And so, but think about it like that. Like, he has a whole pizza. I want some. I need some. And so he shares it, and now we both have pizza. Isn't that interesting? I know it's funny and it's goofy. But I think I'm making my point in the idea that God has all of these parts and he's like, I'm going to hand out these gifts. And I'm not going to give it all to this one person. Like I'm not giving it all to Marvin. I mean, he gave it to Jesus because he's our perfect example. But in this world, he's not going to give it all to you, Marvin. He's not going to give it all to Micah. Why? Because he, he knows that you will easily get puffed up if you're not careful. So what needs to happen? If I know I have part or parts and you're lacking, I should share that part. Because there's divisions in the body if we don't share. And there's a lack of true focus and a lack of love and a lack of the word of God. So what needs to happen is we need to share our parts of the Word of God. 
And God needs to unify them and bring it back together. And so what is salvation? Isn't it the gathering of all the parts and bringing them back into one part? Oneness? It's not even a part anymore. It's one. When God said created heaven and earth, isn't it interesting how many have ever thought about the heaven and earth being just water? At first. And then he, when he divided the waters above heaven and below heaven, well, where's the water above heaven? What happened to the water below heaven? Well, he divided that into land and ocean. And it's amazing. Why would he do that? Does he need sea creatures versus land creatures? Does he need people versus creatures at all? I mean, people are even called creatures. But then you have heavenly creatures and earthly creatures. And why would God do this? Why would God divide all of his words out and then cause you to have to go learn each one? Why? Well, because if there's evil and evil is divided out, hate, fear, jealousy, envy, adulteries, fornications, right? All of this, uncleanness, you could just, the list goes on. Do you need righteousness to overcome unrighteousness you do don't you so if evil's divided out because immediately as soon as the serpent spoke what happened to adam not only they were naked so they need a word to cover them they went into fear they went into mistrust these are interesting things So God divides himself out and says, well, if you went into fear, I'll show you love. And we'll overcome all fear. Well, if you went into mistrust, I'll show you trust as a word of God and we'll overcome your mistrust. So God, as a mediator, divided himself out so that he could overcome the divisions of sin. Wow. I just said a mouthful. So God humbled himself, divided himself out, and then introduced himself to all of us. So part, one word at a time, one word at a time, one word at a time. And each word that we receive, we overcome another part of evil, and we're saved from that evil. But interesting, we still need to be saved from another evil. Now, I don't look at it like, well, I only got this little bit of salvation and I still got to overcome this. I'm not saved. No, I don't look at it that way. I'm saved. Aren't you? Because God's salvation is working there. There's things I need to learn. Oh yeah. I'll be learning till the day we die. So will you. But as we go, isn't it awesome that God continually reveals himself? And the moment he reveals himself, he means to overcome another part of evil do you know where we fall we try to overcome the part of evil without the part of him that we need we throw it all into the pile and we say in jesus name in jesus name i'm going to overcome this mistrust in jesus name i'm going to overcome this fear in jesus name and i do agree the power of jesus is awesome 
But what if God does want to show you a division of Jesus? Wasn't Jesus the bread of life? But he was the resurrection too. Different parts, same anointing, but he was the door. He was the good shepherd. (laughs) Awesome stuff, man. He was the way, the truth, the life. Jesus was divided, and yet he was one with the Father, yet divided for us. He shows up and he says, what do you need? Oh, I see that you're in a famine. Well, let me be your bread of life. Okay. I see your need of thirst. Let me be your living water. I see that you are dead. Ooh, let me be your resurrection. And so he goes about healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the devil. And he's handing out all of himself in different parts. And one minute he's manifesting himself as this to this person. And the next minute he's manifesting himself as the resurrection over here. And bread over here. And blood over here. And what's he want to do? Then he divides his apostles and said, Go out and preach to the world and gather the church so that all my parts can come back to me. God is so great that he himself was one and said, well, if I stay just one by myself, then I'm just one by myself. Why don't I divide everything out and create a whole family and a kingdom and a heaven and an earth? And then I know it's going to fall, but then that's okay because I have to teach good and evil. I can't just have slaves going on to where I force them to do everything. I am going to teach them how to love me. And that doesn't excuse sin by all means. Trust me. I think I read this Monday night. Jesus was anointed above all of his companions, every one of them, because of one thing. What was it? He loved righteousness and he hated iniquity. So anybody that's got this thing about, well, God wants me to sin so that I can be saved, you better rethink it. You better be looking at that sin and overcoming it. Don't give excuses to sin and death. Don't give excuses to the devil. Don't give excuses to fear. Don't give excuses to doubt and rebellion and laziness and slothfulness. Don't you give excuses. You trust God. Because God has divided himself into a part that will overcome every obstacle, every enemy that you have. Every last one of them. Isn't that cool? And so we're just talking about division. And so setting this principle in place allows us to think this way. That when we're on our journey of salvation, we're, we're thinking, okay man, I'm struggling with this thing. Okay, fair enough, because we are going to struggle with some things. What do I need to overcome this? Well, I need a word of the Lord to overcome this, don't I? I need a part of God. And we're sitting back going, I don't like the parts. I want it all. Give it all to me. Give it all to me. As the old saying, you want your cake and eat it too, right? 
Well, you got to trust God here. What is a, the, probably one of the most wisest thing God ever did was not give you everything with a snap of a finger, Julie. Naomi, God didn't give you everything with a snap of a finger because where would the journey be? How do you fall in love with someone over time? Love at first sight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As somebody, someone told me when I was younger, beauty's only skin deep. Ugly is to the bone. That's what they told me. I'm like, huh. Well, I know what that means now. And so it's like, it, God is love, but God wants to reveal himself over the journey. So a few hot spots are going to be needful. A few battles with the devil are going to be needful. You know why? He wants to change that will. You know that will you have that wants to go run after evil? God wants to change that to love. So where he says, I love, you say, I love God. I love you. And I live for you today because I love you. I come to church because I love you, not because I have to in a sense of, of I don't want to die and go to hell. Julie started coming to church because of that years ago. How many years ago? 30 years ago. I don't want to go to hell, so I better go to church. Well, whatever got you here. But then once you got here, you start finding out, I actually, I'm starting to kind of like this. I'm starting to kind of love God a little bit better. I think I'm falling in love with God. And all of a sudden, hell's not even in the mind. Can you imagine that? Sin's not even in the mind. Death is not even in the mind anymore. I'm talking about death and hell like sin, like spiritual. And so that failure stops entering the mind when you're falling in love with God. All of a sudden you're like, Adam, oh, we saved him. Adam, you talking about Adam that fell? Oh, that guy? Oh, we saved him. I'm in love with God. And so what is the vision for? It's going to save you. What did Adam need? He was safe, but he needed to be saved. Because you know what salvation does for you? What do you think? It causes you to love God because he's your savior. Jesus Christ, he's your savior. I think that today, if you guys understand the power of division and what you're going through on your daily life, you'll walk through it. You will walk through it. And all you need on a daily basis is to realize, I, I see it. I'm at war. My will is in the middle, and I'm at war here. But this evil that I'm battling usually gets all my attention but this, this word of God, the part of God that I need is going to come in and overcome this part that I'm dealing with because I, I'm falling in love with this word of God. It's my life. It's my hope. It's my eternal life. It's my salvation. 
Is that what we need? So why did God divide everything? To save us. So don't argue with the division. Because what, what did I say? I laid it out here in, in the first teaching on that class was Jesus Christ was, came into the world to gather everything that was separated and gather them together. And doesn't Hebrews 4.12 say the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword? What's it do? It pierces, it divides, right? Soul and spirit, joint and marrow. The thoughts and intents of the heart. Does God want to divide it? Why? You're like, get out of my head, God. Stop messing with me. No, you need the word of God to come in and divide it so you can see it. You see it. Are there different shades to darkness? Yeah. But they all need to be divided. There's different shades of light. The examples just keep piling up. Throwing them at you. Is division pretty cool? Do you understand it a little better? I think we need this to move on. We need divisions. We need to understand it to move on. And we know it's about Jesus, but even God divided himself from Father and Son, Holy Ghost. Why? So he could teach us. So we could learn. So we could be in the story of God. And now, are there sons of God? Daughters of God? Wow. The people of God? Right on. That's awesome. Well, good. Let's stand up. And I have you stand up because if you stand with me, always remember this. That means you're joining in with the words we've, we've spoken today. And you're saying, this is the word of God, man. I'm going to put this into practice. 